0: Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm George. Amanda's in Zephyr A, I'm in Zephyr B. This is season 30 for me and season 26 for Amanda.
0: And this is day three of season 98. Our first question asks what the subjects of Korean videos called mukbang are doing.
1: A special type of video, it says, which mm. well is one mm. way of saying it. Yes, uh, <laughs> mukbang is eating. Uh, and very often it is, uh, excessive eating or excessively sloppy eating or, uh, and it's basically fetish video. Okay. So, yeah. So that's, that's mukbang for you.
0: I see. Yeah. This was one that I kind of had to think through a little bit, uh, cause I didn't know it offhand. Um, and I thought, well, what's, you know, what is a a particular activity that you would be engaged in in a video because I eating came to mind initially um, and I thought that might be plausible especially in the sense that people do you know I was thinking of it in the more sort of non-sexualized uh, way that people do you know videos about foods and just like here's an interesting food that I really liked or that I'm going to review or whatever um, but I thought and eh, that sounds a little too I don't know, simple or basic or something like that for it to be a special type of video, so to speak. So um, I thought, well, could it be like sleeping? Because that would be sort of a weird thing to video yourself or to get a video of yourself doing. But I thought, are you really engaging in that activity? Is it an activity even so much as a a state of being, I guess? It, It felt like a weird way to phrase that. So I, you know, I cycled through some other possibilities. I think, you know, if you're uh, running, what if you're, um, you know, reading, I don't know the different uh, activities that you could be engaged in, but I kind of came back to eating because I thought that's such a ubiquitous form of video. Like I had a qualm about the idea of it being very special, honestly, because I think people eat on videos all the time um, in kind of a more general sense. And, you know, clearly this is just sort of a more niche thing that I had not really run across directly. Um, But I thought eating seemed like the most obvious thing that it could somehow be. So I went with eating.
1: That was the correct answer. How about that? Uh, Sleeping is also a sort of fetish video subject.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Uh,
1: Question two asks us, what did Johan Bayer... Uh, try to uh, systemically name using Greek letters and Latin names in the genitive case.
0: Yeah, so this one I just kind of uh, talked my way through, like, what would a possible name like this look like? Um, And I must say, this day overall, when I first glanced at it in the morning, just had me going, oh, no, No. like, what am I, where am I going to find these? But coming back to it a few hours later, when I was kind of more fully awake and, and had been up and around and um, had breakfast, caffeine, etc., um, I thought, okay, if you have something that uses Greek letters and then a Latin name, um, and it's kind of a systematic convention for naming something. So the first Greek letter is alpha, and that immediately made, made me think of like, oh, like alpha centauri where you have a Greek letter and a Latin name. Oh, yeah, okay, sure. That's a, and, and I know that stars are named like that um, with the Greek letter indicating, like, the brightness of them within a constellation, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And so uh, I thought, yeah, that, that makes sense, is the system that I would think of for naming stars. So I put down stars.
1: I tried doing that and it just never worked for me i just oh, I, I kept thinking alpha th- i kept thinking beta carotene and thinking ah. it was vitamins but then i thought oh yeah 1600s was too early i feel like that we didn't know about vitamins at that point true uh so i kind of thought maybe it's elements kind of going okay. even deeper than that um and that maybe it wasn't necessarily a, a system that still existed um you know of course there are alpha particles and the like um but just i i just never latched onto this one and i wish i had thought of alpha centauri that just <laughs> did not occur to me and so so yeah i just finally kind of went with elements and knew i didn't get it
0: yeah. it was stars in well fact uh, question three asks us for the name of a uh, presumably, Russian composer who's had fifteen symphonies in uh, the 20th century, including a couple, uh, in, including one in World War II, and gives us a couple names of the others.
1: Uh, the two Russian composers I could think of were Rimsky-Korsakov and Mussorgsky, uh, and I, I, nothing in this question was going to get me to it. I just <laughs> didn't. I, I could not think of the you know, the, the Leningrad symphony by you now
0: mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm.
1: just did now absolutely nothing. So I finally essentially flipped a coin and went with Mussorgsky.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, for my part, I think I, I th- I also thought of Mussorgsky and I thought of Rachmaninoff. Um, and, but I, I think of him as sort of like a piano composer, like not so much great big symphonies, I guess. Um, And so those were really the only two that came to mind. I didn't quite get over to, like, um, uh, the guy who did the Nutcracker. I can't even, like, you know, pick the name out of the air there. Um, Tchaikovsky. Hmm. Um, But I would have known that he was not as recent as World War II. Yeah, I I think I might (laughs) Um, have. I
1: I, I wouldn't even think in him because he's... Yeah, way too distant.
0: Yeah, and I kind of dismissed Rachmaninoff as well for that. And so I went back to Mussorgsky, who I don't know much of anything about, but I thought, could he be a 20th century composer? Sure, why not? So that's what I put down as well.
1: And the answer was Shostakovich.
0: Darn it, anyway. I would never have gotten around to that, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would have either.
0: I should have, but I wouldn't have
1: question four asks us for the only city to host both the summer and winter Olympic games and further gives us the clue that they were both in this century.
0: Yeah. Um, I, the only thing that really came to mind as a possibility was Beijing. Uh, I was pretty sure that, that we have watched these, uh, both the, both of these sets of games, uh, the two of us together, I think, because they were, mm-hmm. um, you know, post there. Well, one of them was, 2008 i think think so yeah and then i forget when the other one was but um but yeah that also struck me as a plausible answer of like what city has a climate that could theoretically support both of those things i briefly tried to you know cast around and think could it have been you know seoul could it have been um i don't know nothing really else came to mind i uh, i thought beijing was a pretty satisfactory answer because i I felt like I remembered that taking place. So Beijing is
1: what I put. Uh, yeah, same. I, I remember when Beijing was bidding on the Winter Games in particular, uh, that this came up as, you know, no city's ever done this. There's probably a reason for that. <laughs> uh, and there was much talk of how they were going to have to very artificially create winter conditions in a lot of things. And, That's right. And also that... Calling it a, another Beijing Games was very uh, imprecise. In that the the vast majority of like the mountain type of the skiing type events were going to be fairly distant from Beijing itself. Ah, um, but that they were throwing so much money at the IOC and that the IOC was mm. like, oh, okay, sure,
0: yeah, let's well, fine, let's do it. As the IOC is wont to do Yes,
1: if you throw enough money at them They'll let you get away with anything Yes So yeah, this was Beijing Mm
0: -hmm. And that was the correct answer Question 5 asks us for uh, Essentially the loser of the war of the triple alliance
1: I don't know this offhand Uh, This was, you know, South American 19th century military history Didn't come up much in my military Mm -hmm. history training Um, and so I had to figure out, okay, where are Brazil, Uruguay, and Argentina? All right, they're along the east coast of, uh, South America, uh, specifically the southern part. Um, well, I mean, Brazil's all over it, but Argentina's in the southern part, so it's kind of arcing toward the south. So I had to figure, okay, what country is in that area that they would have been declaring war on and I kind of figured, okay, Argentina and Chile, I believe, share a lot of border, but not so much Brazil and Uruguay. And I thought Bolivia. Bolivia is big enough that it you know the these three might have had a war on it. I believe it's very central South America, such as anything is that's not Brazil. Uh, so I just kind of thought, you know, did do those four countries dislike each other or does you know, is that one disliked enough by those three? I don't know. I don't know of any other ones. Nothing was really coming to mind. I was kind of thinking of Colombia, no, it's too far north. Venezuela is too far north. Panama, no. And all the ones up there, uh, Peru, just didn't seem like Argentina would necessarily engage in a war in particular with those countries being that far away. So I just sort of thought, oh, Bolivia, I can't really think of anything else. We'll go with that. Yeah,
0: so this one, um, you know, this is not history that I have particularly studied or learned very much either. Um, and so I, you know, uh, going from the frying pan to the fire, I have to rely on my geography knowledge to help me, uh, you know, try to suss this one out. Um, and what I did think is that thinking about Brazil, Uruguay, and Argentina, um, the country, that is both landlocked in uh south america and is near all of them as paraguay and i thought could that plausibly be the victim of this alliance it's always i always have a little qualm about thinking that uruguay and paraguay could be uh at odds with each other because their names are so similar which is a really silly reason uh to think that but um I just thought, yeah, that's that kind of suits the geography of it. If you're going to make war on somebody, you know, with those three countries involved, then I think Paraguay is the one that's kind of wedged between them all. So um, I thought that was probably as good an answer as any. So that's what I put down.
1: And that was correct. Paraguay. Well done. I, I just as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, of course, Uruguay and Paraguay are right next to each other. Paraguay mm. would be right in that elbow of those three countries. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. question six asks us, what color uh, is the Indian city known of Jaipur known as due to it painting itself that and being the color of hospitality?
0: Yeah, so this one I kind of... The, the thing that came to mind first was pink, and I don't know if I was seeing pictures of, uh, for some reason I pr- think of it as Haipur and I don't know if I've heard it pronounced that way or not. It's just as likely Jaipur. Um, I sort of had a, a picture in my mind of it. It might've been from a board game cover. <laughs> um, and so that came to mind, but I was like, is that, you know, should I just go with my first instinct on that? And I kind of went through like the rainbow of colors and the other two that stood out as good possibilities to me were yellow and blue. Um, I kind of dismissed yellow based on it just not sounding quite right with being like the yellow city. I feel like I haven't heard of that, but um, the blue city. I there. I feel like there might be blue cities out there. But when I thought about pink versus blue in terms of the color of hospitality. Uh, In preparation for a visit by Albert, the Prince of Wales, I somehow pink seemed more soft, warm, welcoming um, relative to blue, which is kind of, you know, I thought, well, that would be welcoming to royalty because like royal blue maybe would be um, a a thing that would be indicative. But that's not really the hospitality aspect, aspect of it. So I don't know. I feel like I'm talking through thoughts in more detail than I really thought them at the time. (laughs) Um, But essentially I thought pink sounds more like hospitality. And it was the first thing that popped to mind when I, you know, read the question and kind of pondered a little bit. Um, And so I thought, well, I'm going to get two answers correct on this day anyway. So let's go with pink. That sounds good as anything. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, I kind of said pink and then thought, am I being misogynist?
0: Um,
1: (laughs) And then I started thinking, what do I know about Jaipur? Almost nothing. One of the things I know is there is, in fact, a board game. I have it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a trading game, economic type. um, And one of the distinctive features of it is a border around the cover art. Hmm. Which is not really a, a that common a thing in board games. Okay. Um, you, know, you know, usually, especially these days, the art goes all the way to the edge.
0: Ah.
1: Um, if there is a border, it's really more because, the, like, the, the, the cover art is, a, it is presented as a picture or something like that, and the border is white, but really it's just blank space.
0: Okay. Um,
1: but this one is colored orange, orangish-yellow. Oh. So I thought maybe that's a reference it's the only thing I know about Jaipur, so sure, I'll go with orange.
0: Okay. The correct answer was pink.
1: Yep, it was.
0: I I see. It I was. thought you were going to go through and say, "Well, I know this from Civ, and <laughs> of course it's pink.
1: No, that one's that, that has never come up that I know of.
0: Yeah, I guess I mean, it makes sense cuz it's just painting the buildings. I mm. guess it's not a doing a great wonder of the world or whatever, so um yeah, an interesting thing about this that also may have tipped the scales for me was, you know, back around the turn of the century, when you think of colors that are sort of gendered and that are appropriate for baby girls and baby boys, pink was for baby boys right? Uh, at that time mm-hmm. because it was seen as as vital and masculine and, and ruddy, um, whereas, you know, blue was more calming and you know ladylike and uh you know demure or something like that Yep. so um so think about that the next time you think about how oh i could never get my boy kid a pink shirt or something like that <laughs> um but shockingly uh this left me with five out of six on the day solid i did not expect that i you know when eating came up i was like ooh, that's you know that saw that as the correct answer oh yes now i've got three on the day (laughs) uh and then you know no luck with shostakovich but um but the other ones i i was delighted to find i managed to grab
1: i had two. i had two so that's hard i'm hoping it was a hard day but i am just not uh, I am not looking forward to. I'm not uh, optimistic about mm. pulling out a defensive win with two. Oh man! So yeah, no, I,
0: I don't know how to read this one because our our friend group definitely was more in the the twos and threes and fours range. I think there might have even been a one in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know anything could happen. Um, it's especially if it is sort of a weirdly you know, somehow difficult for some or, you know, I, I I genuinely felt like a couple of my guesses were more lucky than good. So, um, I guess we'll see. So I guess that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for more post game analysis. You can follow us on blue sky at learned lag with all the vowels (laughs) fully expanded. And remember, don't forfeit, don't cheat.